We really need new phones. T Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge apply. Ctmobile.com. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. You're listening to The Bradfoe Show on Boston Sports Original. WEI. All right, here we go, Bradford Show, live from JetBlue Park. You know, this guy who's with me, all he wanted to do was sit in the Red Sox broadcast booth. All he wanted to do as a little kid growing up in Brookline was be Joe Castiglione's right-hand man, Sam Kennedy. That, am I wrong, Brad Foe? Uh, no, I didn't. I couldn't dream that big. Come on, that's that's um, ridiculous. But it is great to be down here it in is, the well, sunshine yeah. Yeah, and kicking the season off. And here we go. Uh, and and by the way, Joe disowned you for a year when you were with the Yankees, and so it's. Uh, but it's. Well, it's I, I couldn't. Rebounded. I couldn't get an internship with the Red Sox. So you know, what, what are you going to do? What Man, are you gonna do? circle of life. You and yeah. Rob Ref Snyder. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> So, Sam, I, thanks so much for coming up. And I know that you've been answering a lot of questions uh, all today. Um, and uh, first of all, if you want to talk trash to the Yankees at all, if you, no, no, you don't want, you don't want to keep I, going. I think that would be ill-advised. It's only on the at, Greg Hill at, show. At, at this juncture. Um, <laughs> I, you know, I, I did see Cashman. Uh, the winter meetings, and you know, he said, "We're going to mix it up this year. We're going to yeah. get into it. Let's have some fun with that." So, um, it's uh, listen. Let's let's hope we are going at it with those guys all year. We're in a position to talk trash. I did see Doogie earlier, and he's ready to talk trash. Is he's, he? Oh yeah, Doogie's ready to go. Ooh, I like this. Doogie's, There's not enough trash talking. Doogie is ready to go. He had the the grills, and he loves jewelry, and he's he loves the energy. But what is it, it like? Is his trash talking right now like Mexico versus the Netherlands? I mean, <laughs> is, I mean we have to get Red Sox trash talk. I, I am though. excited for Dominican uh, Puerto Rico over Miami. I'm going to great. that game. It's going to be fantastic. Excited about World Baseball Classic in general. All the guys are playing now. They want to be there, so it's it's great for the sport yeah it's a it's a whole conversation um and but you know we can get to that later but it's the here and the now um today to set the scene sort of uh, today you know you, you had the team meeting which we're going to get to in a second uh which is always an interesting thing we had i remember talking to tori lovello in the off season on the baseballs and boring podcast and we said hey listen you know at that point correa was going to the giants you have the dodgers you have the padres i said tory give me your speech give me your speech heading into the, like that first day and he gave it to it he's like they let them spend all the money let them spend all the money okay so this <laughs> this this here verbatim the transcript of the speech today by the way I, before we get into that i was just talking about tory lavello earlier because he was kind of the unsung hero of 2013. Mm. We're approaching the 10-year anniversary of that magical year. And 
I don't think anybody brought more of a sense of calm to spring training that year and the organization and preparation uh, or humanity. I mean, this guy, he knew when to give a guy a hug. He knew oh, when to joke. Great. I mean, he's really, really, really and a special Cubs, person. And, 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 you know, the Cubs were like, they tried to hire yeah. him. And yeah, so I, I certainly did not give a Tori Lovello no? uh, type speech. You didn't, you didn't do uh, the Rudy, get uh, him the box? Uh, no? uh, Alex did, though. He was amazing. But the MVP, the MVP of the team meeting was none other than Pam Ken. Ooh. She was extraordinary. She talked about what it meant to be a member of the Boston Red Sox and how important it is to give back and at the end of the day be a good person. And she talked about Dustin, who was in the room, and Louis Tion and Jim Rice and Rich Gedman. And she talked about ownership and, and Alex and people who have come to Boston um, and not experienced the market before because we got a lot of new guys and how important it is to get involved in this community and how it will come back to you in so many ways. Pam was outstanding. Uh, in terms of the message from the front office and ownership, I just wanted to make sure, remind the existing, the guys that have been here and then the new guys that our job in the front office, you see all these people around you. There's a lot of people not in uniform, and we're here for one reason, and that's to support you guys. Um, and really, it's about putting the players in the position to be successful. We have no other job than that. That is our job in the front office. This game has always been about the players. Uh, we have to celebrate them, support them, build them up, help them adjust to Boston because it is an adjustment. And this is my 22nd year here, and we will always put the players at the forefront of everything we do. So Cora obviously speaks. Cora is the if you're gonna like you said you, your job is sort of sort of set the scene. We're here for you. If you need anything, let us know. Um, John Henry didn't speak. Cora said, "Is that correct?" That's correct. Okay. Yeah, John was there. And, and Tom Warner was not there today. He's, yep. A lot of times he is there, but yep. he wasn't there today. Yep. Um, but Cora is the fire and brimstone, and you've been through a few of these with Cora. Tell me a little bit about how this one might have been a little bit different because I think. Cora, the initial Cora, which it worked out in 2018, it's like, we're going to show the world, we're going to show the world, so forth and so on. Yeah. How was, one, was this one different? I thought it was uh, incredibly impressive and in tune with what's going on uh, around him and around this team, which is we need, to, we need to stop worrying about last year for sure, but we need to stop worrying about next month or two months or three months from now. Let's just be better today tomorrow and let's put ourselves in a position to be right in the thick of this thing and we can start talking about postseason and and world series championships another another day but right now it's about being better in the moment because we know we have the talent in this room and we know that this is a team that can contend if we're healthy and we do the right things and then i'll 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 let him uh share any other thoughts he had but that was the high level message but he made some incredibly powerful comments about existing players in the room and, and how he felt about them and and what they mean to this group new guys and guys that have been here for a while it was a it was a great great meeting is there you said one of the things you just said we know we have the talent and that might be true but it is a different dynamic walking in that clubhouse walking in that room than I've ever experienced with the Boston Red Sox in other words like there isn't the marquee guy's name and that's let's say that you can't win but that is a reality is there going to be have to more so than ever uh, not sell these guys? We do have the talent because let's be honest, it's a different way of doing things. Yeah. But you, and we aren't even getting into the fan base and selling the fan base, but I'm talking about selling the players. Do you think that the players say, look around that room and say, we think we have the talent, but 
we're going to have to see, or we know we have the talent. Yeah, it's the, it's the latter. They know they have the talent. There is no doubt that this group believes in themselves, and um, it's early. But let's be honest. They have a chip on their shoulder. Last year was difficult, and we fell short. And so the guys that were here uh, were disappointed in the way things went, um, and the guys who are coming in from uh, other environments, I, I'm really excited about the guys we brought in because – they are guys who want to be in Boston. They are seeking out an environment like this at their at this stage of their career. Um, so that's great. But we need to, in the front office, we, we, we don't need to sell the public on this team. They, but you do, they, though. No, we don't, because these guys are going to do it. These guys are going to do the talking. We've done enough talking in the offseason. <laughs> uh, people don't need to hear from us anymore. There is nothing that we can say or do. We need to start playing games, and we need to start playing competitive games and get off to a good start right from the beginning, and the rest will take care of itself. But, no, there is a belief uh, with the coaching staff and with the players. And, honestly, Brad Foe, that's what matters. It doesn't matter what we think in the in the front office and the executive ranks, the ownership. That doesn't matter. What matters is that these guys believe in themselves, uh, because it's hard playing at this level. Yeah, and if, and it, if there's that belief, we're gonna be we're gonna be in good shape. I don't disagree with you. I mean, winning. If you win, let's go back to 2013. You win. You know, not a lot of people believed in that team. The difference is obviously. I mean, I think that you had more of a foundation of proven players of marquee players. Why you bought in the Victorinos and Rosses and Dempsters and so forth and so on. But I and I didn't mean to interrupt. But my point is, is that. You're right. I mean, you guys have you guys can talk and it doesn't make a difference. But when I say you got to sell to the fan base, I'm talking about business wise. I mean, and this is the, the part of it which we can't ignore, especially from your perspective. You got to fill Fenway. You got to get people listening. You got to get people watching. And you're right. Winning ultimately will lead to the people coming to do that. But there is going to be a challenge out of the gate because there isn't the built-in, here's the five guys in the media guide and everyone come see him, right? Yeah, yeah. no, that's fair. And I, I think um, at the end of the day that – sorry, we got some – we got we got some we got some raucous fans I mean, out there, they're, Brad. They're following you everywhere. Jeez, geez, they're, they're, they're everywhere at JetBlue. Uh, they're here for you. They want the T-shirts. They well, want the boy, baseball is important T-shirts. Uh, yeah, who, who doesn't? Uh, no, you, look, you're, you're right about that in terms of marquee names and you know headline splash moves in the offseason. Um, but what Hyam Bloom and Brian O'Halloran and Eddie and Raquel and Croc and the group have put together, hopefully, hopefully, is a team that is deeper, a team uh, that that can complement each other well, that we have a starting rotation with a lot of experience. Um, and hopefully some of the veteran guys we brought in will bring uh, some energy and life and, and leadership to a clubhouse that obviously needed it last year. We didn't get it done last year. So um, look, we're, we have a, we have a lot of work to do to gain support and trust and, and, and credibility back. Um, but boy, do we see it from 20 into 21 again, people, you know, they say, oh, you're so optimistic. Why are you so happy? I'm like, well, guess what? Optimism. And First of all, it's 80 degrees out. It's, yeah. it's, it's spring training. There yeah, you go. But op let me tell you something. I haven't been here for 22 years. What gets teams going is optimism, positivity, proactivity. What are you going to look back on the past and be upset about what happened in 2022? No, we're focused on the future. We know we have guys that can get it done. And, and we're excited to, to let them go out and, and do it. Having been here 22 years, you 
you've seen all sorts of, of, of different clubs. And there have been some years where, you know, you've had high, high expectations going in uh, and we've fallen short. Other years, there's been no expectations. So, look, we'll, we'll let other people prognosticate projections. We know they're always wrong. Um, they just are. <laughs> but that's OK. That's what makes the sports business great. That's what that's what we do in the sports industry. We project. Um, we make uh, educated guesses about how teams are going to do. Our job is to is to now put these guys in the right position. We 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 guess we stay healthy, and I think we'll be right in this thing. I want to talk about today um, because I I have to ask about it's a different dynamic. Like you said, everything's different. Walking in that clubhouse, it's different. I'm not saying it can't work. And you said, I, I, same for you. You've been around longer than anybody, and so you've seen. Usually, you walk in that clubhouse is a lot of marquee names and so forth and so on. There was always a way to do things, not a way a way that things were done, including, by the way, the owners talked every year. That hasn't obviously doesn't happen. They took a different approach this year, and they basically said to a few reporters here, if you want to submit your questions to John Henry, he'll answer them, and then maybe some other reporters down the line, they can answer, answer, ask them as well. That was sort of to get John Henry talking because I and I think he just got to the point where he didn't like doing the bench anymore. Yeah. I mean, am I am I and 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 here's the thing, Sam. I'll let you talk in a second, but like I get it, I get it because he's an honest guy. I love how genuine John Henry is. He's an honest guy, um, but it it is it's sad to me that we can't just like have sort of like this genuine honest guy sit at the bench and. Answer questions. I think that that's what's good. Yeah. I mean, that's a good thing. Yeah. Listen, um, traditions in baseball are important, and I know that there's a feeling that oh, it's it's spring trading. You know, ownership's going to sit on a bench. <laughs> I mean, it's kind of kind of funny if yeah. you think about it. But um, to me, being an accountable owner um, is investing into your club, investing into your venue, investing into your community. Um, John Henry, Tom Werner, Mike Gordon, the Fenway Sports Group have done that uh, with great success over 21 years. We know that we fell short last year. That's why there's all this talk. We had no, we had none of this discussion coming out of 2021, mm -hmm. right? So it's pretty much a zero-sum game, and we can debate we can argue it we can sit on a bench and go back and forth I just and miss it, try man. yeah you could listen i understand you know like sparring and jabbing and sound bites are fun for certain members of the media but from the red sox perspective from john henry's perspective from tom warner's perspective from my perspective it's about the players and putting the players in the best spot to be successful it's not about us it's about the red sox it's about the ballpark guess what the red sox are going to be here long after we're gone uh so our job is to continue to invest into this team into the ballpark into the community that's what we're going to keep doing uh, john tom they are accessible they're accessible in different ways maybe it's email maybe it's phone calls maybe it's interaction I don't know. Um, Dan, I saw Dan Roach. I saw over, Dan Roach. Over three. I saw Dan Roach get an exclusive <laughs> interview today. So I don't know. I'm just saying. Oh, really? you know, maybe, well, maybe, I mean, maybe different outlets need to work a little bit harder. I don't know. Uh, I don't know. Don't, now you're getting my, like, lower the heart rate. I mean, like, Sorry. now you're getting my blood <laughs> boiling because, I mean, honestly, this is, this is the thing is that I just, I've always enjoyed my conversations with John. Like, I've always enjoyed him and I, and I found him honest. And yes, there are going to be things I talked to him in London where he said he wanted to blow up, you know, maybe we should have blown up the team and fine. But here's the thing in those select emails that he got, people pick things out of that too. 
It's fine. Sure. And That's I'm true. not listen, I'm not asking you're you shouldn't speak for John Henry how they do things. You're accountable. You're here. You're doing the things. And you're right. It's going to come down to winning and losing. I think in the meantime, until they sort of get out of last place, um, everybody wants you know, some sort of answers from every corner of the world. I'm not sure I agree with you. No? I'm not. No, I'm not sure that every single Red Sox fan could really cares that much at every single day about whether ownership is talking or not. In fact, I think they care about the players. I think they care about wins and losses. I think they care about their experiences at Fenway. I think they care about are we doing the right things in the community? Yes. Do they want to know that John Henry and Tom Werner are absolutely committed to this Red Sox team? Yes, they do. Um, And they are. And they have let their actions speak a lot louder than their words. You and I grew up here. You and I know what it was like to be around this franchise for decades prior to John Henry and Tom Warner. I'm not arguing. No, no. And we're not arguing. I'm just just putting it out there that I really don't think that, that our fans, who are the best fans in the world, care that much about whether John Henry or Tom Warner is on a bench sparring with Dan Shaughnessy at spring training. I really don't think they care that much. I really don't. I, mean, I, I don't think it's any different than, uh, I mean, you're, you're right. Like, overall, it's not important that he does it all the time. But I think much like Robert Kraft, when things go bad, this is just how sports is. I mean, like you said, you grew up here. This is how sports is. When Jacobs weren't available for the Bruins, people were mad. Like, yeah. where are the Jacobs? So, you're right. The, the fans aren't clamoring like the, to have this happen all the time. But there is sort of like, this is the, when you're bad, you have to check off this box of the guy at the top coming down. That's what I think people are talking about. Yeah, and boy, did we, did, were, were, were we um, subjected to some real fan feedback at winter weekend in, in Springfield? I mean, John was right there. I was he was right good. There. I mean, that was, like, I, I applaud him for being there. Yeah, I mean, I mean listen, it goes with the territory. Yeah. John grew up in the Yankees organization, right? He grew up in George Steinbrenner. He, he gets it. He gets it. This guy's been uh, involved in baseball uh, for many, many decades. Tom as well. I don't want to. I don't want to date them, but I think collectively they've could, got Wikipedia 60, shows how old 60, they are. Sixty, yeah. seventy years combined of a baseball. Which, experience. by the way, as Alice Cora said, John Henry owned the old uh, senior league. Senior league. Yeah, yeah. We were talking Dave about Kingman. It. I mean, yeah. like, yeah. You know, it's funny, Bradfo. Last night we were at dinner with with John and, and, and Alex and Eddie and Raquel and Heim and a few others, and there was a bunch of Yankee fans sitting a couple tables away, and they came over and said, "Oh my God, you guys have just killed us!" And it's just so funny to hear. The reaction, you know, from the other side. Um, so, look, there is nothing like baseball in Boston. The passion, the energy. We heard it all off season, um, and, and and that's why you want to be here because we we have been in other markets. You don't have this type of passion, this this energy um, and enthusiasm. And we know when things don't go well, you're going to get this negative reaction and that's on us we it's our fault when things don't go well it's our fault um and so we're in a position now where we need to earn back that trust and um that was what was not to belabor it but that was what was so disappointing about 2022 because i really felt um as a member of this this front office that 21 was such a great step in the right direction. I, I personally have never felt Fenway Park the way I did for, for that one oh, game. Oh, the best playoff. crowd of all time was uh, the all, Yankees wild card one game. game. It was it was unbelievable and that postseason was terrific and you know we had we beyond the COVID restrictions, Alex Cora was back. It was like, here we go. We come into 22. We make the deal with Trevor Story. It's like, all right, we're really 
going to follow up what was a great year with another great year and then it shows you what we know. The last <laughs> thing is, um, you're right. I mean, the, the in terms of the bottom line is investment in the team. And I think that not only financial investment, I think a big thing that helped the perception was the story about going down to Raphael Devers and, and all of that. That's, it's all good. So there's no arguing, and we've talked about this, no arguing that you guys have invested in this team because we've seen teams that haven't. There's a lot of battle in baseball right now over the, the st- like Steve Cohen versus the world, for lack of a better term. I'm just sort of anxious to get your thought on where you come down on this. At, at a team, it was just cited, I think, that um, – the Orioles, um, Angelos, one well, the Angelos has, like, said, slumped the Red Sox in a bunch of other teams of being, like, the, the biggest spenders, which you guys have been. But where do you come down on sort of that dynamic where you have Seidler, you have Cohen, and then you have this, and then you have, boom, everybody else? <laughs> Look, it's, um, it's no coincidence that um, the commissioner's office, you saw they've established um, a committee to look at the economic structure because at the end of the day, we have to create a system where interests are aligned and we're working together to grow the revenues of the sport um, with the players and the ownership groups and the front offices. I think we were 11, 12 billion in revenue or something, which is good. We got back from, from pre-COVID uh, or back to pre-COVID levels. I think the NFL is 20 20, maybe 20 on their way to 25 billion dollars in revenue so we're chasing we're chasing the NFL um, and uh, look Steve Cohen Peter Seidler John Henry they're, they're playing within the rules um, there's a system set up and it's on us to to do the best we possibly can by our fans within the rules uh, if the system changes we'll adapt and, and we'll change um, but those you know those decisions are obviously made by the 30 uh, control owners of, of Major League Baseball I know that the Red Sox will always have the resources to be competitive. We just have to make the right decisions mm. with those resources. Sure. Because uh, it's not just the player payroll, right? It's infrastructure, it's data, it's analytics. There's been an explosion of spending, not just within the Red Sox, but across all Major League Baseball. Um, and you hope that all of that spending and all that infrastructure, all the analytics, all the medical, all the research leads to the best possible decision making and when you have good decision making you'll you'll get the best players on the field um and we're right up there at the top of baseball in that category as well but again we got to go out and do it baseball's in boring night at fenway it has to happen <laughs> let's right? do it That's, well it definitely oh, it definitely is not boring well, it's not you, you go. you're going to see our old friend joe yeah Kelly. We're, we're, I'm gonna, we're gonna be both out in arizona at the inning lo- festival yeah i love it I damn love it. well so but i'll give you a book for free uh, and joe good. might sign sounds it good. too and, and i might even read it oh well you know <laughs> chris sale told me that he never read books but he's gonna read this one uh all right hey sam yeah. thank you so much Thanks, thank Brad you for popping by all right that's sam kenny we're way late this is the brad show be back after this T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. Listen to every MLB game live. The deep left center field, it is high, it is far, it is kind. Stream minor league affiliates. The Midwest League home run leader. 
Watch the best baseball highlights and look-ins on MLB Big Inning. MLB at-bat is your all-in-one live baseball subscription for only $3.99 per month. Deep left field. It's going to go. Alvarez ties the game. Subscribe to at-bat within the MLB app today. Major League Baseball trademarks used with permission. After the end of a good fight, you deserve an ice-cold reward. Medela is the mark of a fighter. You've earned this rich golden lager with a crisp, refreshing taste. Because you know, the bigger the fight, the better the reward. You put in the hours, the energy, the tough labor. You are a fighter. Medela is your reward. Medela, the mark of a fighter. Drink responsibly. Beer imported by Crown Import, Chicago, Illinois. All right, Brad Fojo back, live from JetBlue Park, home of the Boston Red Sox for spring training. I'm Rob Bradford. Kyrie Thompson, you there? Having a little bit of a hard... Yeah, yeah. Oh, I was over here talking into a microphone that wasn't on. So oh, man. Hey, I, I made you wait way too long. I'm sorry, but I, there were some things that I just had to get to with Sam, and uh, and so I hope we got to them. Yeah. So. Well, look, it, it's it's important. It's not every day that you know you get to talk to the team president of the Boston Red Sox, or maybe it, it's more common for you, but, I mean, it's not always as common that I get to sit and listen to it. So yeah, I'm well, all good. You know, I think that obviously the, the most um, – spirited part of that conversation was the John Henry sitting on the bench thing. Yeah. And, and, you know, listen, I mean, I appreciate Sam's availability. I appreciate, you know, a lot of things that he does. And, and, but I, he's not going to get me off this point. Like when he says about the whole, like, oh, fans are, don't care if the owner, well, they kind of do. Yeah, number they do. One. And, and by the way, this is how it works. When you're bad, then you have to, as you have to go to the straight tippity top and those person people have to answer the questions more than ever. And the the sad thing is, Kyrie, is that this whole bench dynamic, you know, the once a year in spring training, it's 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 all good, man. It's all good. They come out of it just fine. It's all good. Yeah, I mean, so, and, and right, you do it once a year. You take whatever lumps you're going to take, and then you're done, and you get to go back into hiding and you know not worrying about it, and you could shut your brain off to the criticism if you want. Or or bask in the winning if you so desire if if that's how things are going, I I'm one of those people that and and I mean I know this isn't necessarily always going to be a popular opinion in the media business but I I feel like sometimes it can be a bit overrated when it comes to like media availability though maybe some of that is for for football in particular when there is so much media availability. When they're like certain things, like a player like doesn't want to talk after a game because like it was a bad game and they're mad or whatever. Like I've seen people like reporters get upset about that, and, and like I don't necessarily subscribe to that. But I do think that when it comes to ownership and and executives, no, do we need to hear from them all the time? Probably not. But it does peeve me when there is such a disconnect between. The, the the expectations that that fans have or, or like expectations of what people want a team to be and then you have people being like yeah well uh you know we are trying to give you what you want when your actions show that you aren't yeah and and the thing is is that it literally is once a year and it's once a year and like you said do it step back and you've bought yourself 
that one time where you've talked in a year. And there's there has been no expectation, honestly, after doing that spring training availability in any other year that there was going to be. Now, he has talked in other years during the year, but there's no expectation that he's going to talk. Just do that once a year. Uh, but like you said, particularly when you have a, a team that finished in last place, particularly when you have a team where there's like a lot of question marks. Yeah. Um, so I, 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 Sam's in a tough spot. Sam has been become the go between between John Henry and, you know, the 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 questions. And he came up to the booth. He answered the questions. I appreciate that. And in John Henry, this bizarre sort of we're gonna give some people a chance to ask questions on email. I that's I know what they're trying to do, but it just is is and they can't control what John Henry wants to do and what he he's gonna do. Right. But it would just make so much sense just sit on the bench and answer questions. So. Yeah, I mean the thing is like it's gonna be awkward, and you don't always want to be subjected to that awkwardness in person it's easier to kind of have a liaison whether the medium is literally like email like a mechanical medium between you well and that's his thing i mean his thing is always and that it it always email like in always 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 email he always preferred email i remember this and you can craft your response right? right you could take your time and you can craft a response and you know word it however you want to word it and you know what else kind of this makes me think of when you talk about sam kennedy being that go-between it's almost like the uh the the go-between between like the quarterback and the offensive coordinator sometimes like for for teams where the quarterbacks coach is that guy so like back in the day when like jay cutler would be like mad at mike martz with, with the chicago bears and he would be like yelling at mike martz would be mad about a play call he would be talking to the the quarterbacks coaches and tell him I said f him. It's like, but you're not saying that directly to the offensive coordinator because like there's that firewall between the two. You know what I mean? Yeah. No. Absolutely. Uh, absolutely. And it's it's interesting because I brought up Kraft to Sam. You know, and and tell me if I'm wrong, Kyrie. I mean, when people wanted Kraft to be out there, and he hadn't been out there for a while. Um, but you know, they wanted to hear from Robert Kraft when things were going off the rails a little bit. Right. I mean, I'm, I'm not wrong in that. Right. I mean, and look at what just happened. Right. So after this wild year where the coaching staff was a complete mess, the team underachieves the crafts. I mean, Robert Kraft has been all up over the over owners meetings and press releases and all kind of stuff, just getting out in front of this and being like, this is not acceptable we are going to make some changes. And I think that there is a level of earnestness to Robert Kraft that whatever you think about executives and, and you know, executive speak, coach speak, whatever, I, I think there's an earnestness to Robert Kraft that I feel like fans appreciate where you feel like he's a fan, like he is a fan of this team. He wants to see it do well. Now, if you want to talk about how that does well, like like how much money is being put into it and the business part, you could debate about that. But I feel like you can't debate that he loves the team and that he wants to see it do well. And he literally will sit up there and be like, it hurts when we don't go to the Super Bowl. Yeah, and and that's another question I think that doesn't help John Henry. 
I believe he loves likes the team, but you go back to how it used to be when it comes to, you know, going after the guy. If they wanted a guy, they were going to get him. And also, but not being this perception of being distracted by all these different things is is a a battle that he has to face. That is a reality. Liverpool, um, you know, Pittsburgh Penguins, uh, you you name it, business ventures, whatever it is, much more, much less singular than it was when things were really rolling with the Red Sox. And and I'm never going to take it away from him uh, how many championships they've won and how much money they spent. But what we're talking about is a here and the now, and these are sort of the answers that you get, and it doesn't help when you don't take that approach of being out there like you always have been. Um, in a time where people have questions about, hey, you know what? Are you truly as invested as you were before? Yeah. So and I heard you. <laughs> yeah, there you go. Uh, all right. Well, I promised that we could get some NFL draft talk going. Uh, so that's exactly what we're going to do. Kyrie Thompson of WEI.com, first in Foxborough. And Rob Bradford, the Bradford Show, Joe Braverman, Braverman Beyond the Glass. After this break, I asked Kyrie. I had a task for Kyrie while I was sparring with Sam Kennedy. Um, I had a task. Find me the next star for the Patriots in the draft at the position they are at. There is nobody better, nobody more equipped to do that task than Kyrie, and he's going to do it right when we come back. All right, let's go. Bradford Show. I'm here at JetBlue Park in Fort Myers. Back at the Brighton Studios, the Bradford Show Studios, Kyrie Thompson, and now Mark Dondero, the whole hey, gang. Bradford, what up, man? Let's go. <laughs> all right. Uh, all right. So, Mark, I tasked Kyrie with a very, very important assignment. I want, since I walk into this clubhouse, this Red Sox clubhouse, now every day down here is spring training, and I say, where are the stars? Where are the stars? I said, Kyrie, find me a star. Find the next star. Not, I'm talking about Cole Strange. I'm not talking about a useful player. I'm talking about a star. Find me that star in the next draft where the Patriots are picking. Kyrie, you got one? All the stars, in the, <laughs> in the words of, uh, or rather, in, you know, referencing the Black Panther album, all the stars. <laughs> so look, there's one guy in particular that I've been on for a little while. And I think that, first of all, let me, let me break this part down. Everybody wants an offensive tackle, which I totally understand. It's a really, really important position for the Patriots to, to get figured out. And one of the premium positions you can have on a football field. I think Paris Johnson Jr. is the best of that bunch uh, at the top of the draft. I think that he is a potential star. I do not think the Patriots are going to get a chance to draft Paris Johnson Jr. because I think he's going in the top 10. So I'm going to remove him from this. Now, at number 14, I think that obviously it's not the blue chip of blue chip talents, but I think there are some guys there that could be pretty good. And one of them that I, like I said, I've been on for a little while is Zay Flowers, oh boy. Boston College. Now, look, <laughs> people will point to the fact that he is 5'9". He's a short guy. He's weighed in, I think, at 183 down at the Shrine Bowl. He's not a big dude, but that dude is a certified dog. D-A-W-G, dog. And when you think about the fact that he put up like 1,100 yards this past season with no quarterbacks. I mean, like, you, you, you talk about guys that do that in the NFL, right? They're just quarterback proof. Like, that guy is mossing two guys against Louisville at 5'9 down the field. He's juking people completely out of the—he's he's creating yards, pulling them out of thin air. 
He plays, doesn't act like, but he plays like Antonio Brown. The way that he moves on the football field, the herky-jerky, the route running, and the way that he can run any route possible. And there's this from Todd McShay, who is just putting out some of his most recent mock drafts, mock draft 2.0. He went on Scott Van Pelt the other day and had something very interesting to say about one, Zay Flowers. A first-rounder that's Mm -hmm. absolutely rocketing up the board, somebody that wasn't maybe there or is in the first round but now higher than they were. Zay Flowers, wide receiver from Boston College. I actually, in August, I was there with Jeff Halfley, the the head coach. He was saying, this guy is the energizer bunny. And you got to remember, like, the quarterback situation was not ideal this this year, and he still had 1,100 receiving yards and 12 touchdowns. And I, I've got him going, you know, in the late first round, and it won't surprise me when it's all said and done if he's somewhere in the top 15. Now, I bring that up because what he said, he might be in the top 15. Last year, we were talking about, at least when mock drafts started coming out, we were talking about Chris Olave going in the second round. Or, hey, Jamison Williams would be great for the Patriots at number 21. Because, hey, he's hurt, he's got an ACL, maybe he'll drop down in the draft. You know where those dudes ended up going when it was all said and done? That? Chris Olave went number 11 overall to the Saints. And Jamison Williams goes number 12. Now, granted, they're better players than the guys that are in this crop. But I bring that up to say... We keep doing this with these wide receivers where like, oh, yeah, they're not very big. You know, they're, they're going to they're gonna drop down. We'll be able to get them in the second round. And then you get a run on that position because it's so much more valuable to draft a receiver in the first round than it is to have to trade for a guy and pay him $100 million, which is what these guys are starting to command now in the trade market and in free agency. So I think by the time it's all said and done, we're going to be talking very seriously about Zay Flowers being on the board at number 14 for the Patriots. That's what I think. That I, means they're not going to pick him. <laughs> well, well, the, th- the thing is, though, they love him. You know why? But you know why? You make all the sense in the world, Kyrie, and and I I, I, I am all in. You have convinced me uh, they can love him, but when is the last time that the Patriots picked a guy in the first round where everyone said, that's the guy? I Maybe, maybe you identified somebody. But that's the guy. That is the high end star maker type of guy that we think that they could get at that pick, and they don't pick him. Well, wait know. a minute, Bradford. Didn't they? Couldn't you sort of argue? Well, that they did that with Mac, Mac Jones. Jones. That was who I was like, thinking. That, that's sort of everybody wanted a quarterback. Yeah. The quarterback fell. He was there, and they picked him. And, and yeah, sort of and, and he was the fifth quarterback taken. Yeah, well, so that's you could I mean. say that's, like that's yeah. what I mean. Well, you know, it, it's a good point, and and uh, me a culpa because it's a good point. But I will say this: the perception uh, that, of him is down right the now. Per, well, also the perception then was that. It was – we had all those names flying around. Mm-hmm. I think leading into that draft, you guys can tell me if I'm wrong, Justin Fields was sort of the guy that at that point in time, all right, the Patriots, they want a high-end guy. That's the guy who's going to be there for him. That's the guy that they, they should pick. And Am the, I wrong? And the, Bear, and the Bears traded up and, and right, took him exactly, a couple of picks exactly. before. And yeah. I remember hearing – and again, it, it might have just been all smoke, and I think it probably was in hindsight because I think the Patriots have shown they don't really love quarterbacks like that. or They like talking about them. Like Bill Belichick's like, oh, yeah, Lamar Jackson's amazing. And I bet you that in a couple of years he might tell you, oh, yeah, Justin Fields, like, wow, what a talent. But in the end, what they value in quarterbacks is just throw the ball to the guy that we tell you to throw it to and get it over with. But in terms of high-end guys, 
that was perfectly within their wheelhouse to go do it, and they didn't do it. And I think that if Justin Fields, if and you could talk about the fact that he's not a he's not a great passer right now, though. I mean, who again, would you as, rather have right now, as, Justin as Fields the resident or Mac Jones? Bears fan in the room? Yeah, that is the that was the worst roster in football last year. So right. I don't hold that against him a ton. I mean, there are certain things he legit could do better, but just raw star power. No. I mean. No, he flat had, out, flat out. Who do you, who would you rather have? You you two, you tell me. Just say the name. You put Mac Justin, Jones or if, Justin Fields. If you would put Justin Fields on last year's team, that team might make the playoffs. Ooh. Just because and, and again, the, the the situation was a mess. Absolute mess. And no, nobody was gonna make that look good. Justin Fields probably would not have looked good. Is he a leader? Like how is he? Yes. Is he a grown up? Like they, I didn't follow they, the Bears they, as closely. They love him to death. Okay, then I would take Justin Fields. Because look, in the end, plays could look terrible and he's just going to run 60 yards for a touchdown anyway. Yeah, the passing stuff might have looked ugly, but I I think that if you're talking about high-end talent, upside, I mean, there is a wide chasm between what Justin Fields could be and what Mac Jones could be. And that's not even say I don't hate Mac Jones. I think he could be perfectly fine. I just think that Justin Fields... Like, people forget that what that guy did. He can throw the football. Just real quick, just to comment on what Kyrie said, Bradfoe, without breaking down all the prospects because he did a great job doing that. I, if they take the Patriots a wide receiver, I'm good. I like Zay Flowers a lot. I see what you're saying. Like, some of those guys went a little higher than you thought last year, so that would kind of align with the trajectory of Flowers. I'd be okay with that. But to me, take the wide receiver. It's such an important position now. Bill Belichick has not had the success doing that. He's had success drafting other positions later. Take the wide receiver. I'd be good with that. Let's go. Yeah. yeah. And, and you know what? The other thing with that is I, I would love Jordan Addison. I don't think they're uh, going to. Uh, yeah, he's going to go, I think. I don't think they're going to. If he's available, I don't know that they would take Jordan Addison over Zay Flowers because for a couple of reasons. I think, for one Jordan Addison is is a little bit on the younger side. Okay, um, so he's he's coming out as a as a junior, and I think the Patriots, especially in their in their early picks, they like experienced guys, guys that they feel like are going to come in right away, and you're not going to have to worry about you know maturity issues in terms of the football side of things. And then there's the part that, and again, I've I've heard this from a number of people that down at the Shrine Bowl, the Patriots specially requested Zay Flowers. They wanted him on their team so bad. To the point where I think that, especially if he runs a 4-3 at the Combine, like he's thought to be, I think there's a good chance the Patriots would be like, you know what, if it, if it comes down between him and like Peter Skoronsky, the tackle from Notre, from uh, from Northwestern, I think they might go with a Zay Flowers over, over something like that. Real quick, before, before we get out of here, I also want to talk about two other Big players, I think. Oh, we have are, to be quick because we have the best wide receiver in Pennsylvania history, Hein Bloom, coming up at four. Yeah, what's up? So with <laughs> cornerbacks, I also like Emmanuel Forbes, who's a who's got that little bit more size, lanky, little little bit of a stick figure, but he's electric in terms of jumping routes and playing the football. But man, I think the best cornerback they might have a shot at at that range, and maybe he'll get taken beforehand. Devin Witherspoon from Illinois. When I talk about dogs. That dude is a beast, and he's not particularly big. He's like, what, six foot? He's got an average size, but he hits like a train. And if there's one thing that that Bill Belichick loves, it's cornerbacks that can yeah, could do it all, that can play, that, that can tackle, that can support against the run, that can cover everybody as well. I think Devin Witherspoon 
Like, yeah, he's not necessarily that, oh, yeah, he's like a 6'2 prototype for being an outside press man corner. But, boy, that guy would be electric. So if the Patriots just had three mid-first-round picks, it'd be all set. Yes. Oh, man. Can you, can, can you tell the heart rate's going up when Kyrie's talking about the draft? I love it. I love it. I love it. Kyrie, awesome job, man. Awesome job. Yo, I love it. Thank it, bring bringing it back to the very beginning, man. First couple of shows, <laughs> it man. Is, it's it great. Is. It's great being I on missed, with you, Brad. I Ford. missed you, man. I missed you, but I, I I look forward to being on with you again soon. And you're doing a great job with everything. First in Foxborough, wi.com. Proud to have you part of the family. And uh, and listen, it's all this is this is crunch time. Forget about the season. Draft time is crunch time. And so, free agency. It. We got free, free agency oh, popping man. off in in less than a month right now. But hey, it was great. Being on with you, big man, I leave you in Mark Dundaro's capable hands. Y'all have a great rest of the show. All right, the great Kyrie Thompson. Mark Dundaro's going to take over from here. And and to kick things off with the Dundaro portion of the show, Heim Bloom. There you go. Have you ever interviewed Heim Bloom, Mark? No, I can't wait. Oh, there you go. So Heim Bloom's going to be calling in at the top of the hour. We're going to take a quick break. Then we're going to be back with Heim and Mark. It's going to be a good old time. This is a Bradford show. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month without a pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. Baseball is back, and so is MLB.tv. Watch every out-of-market, regular season game on your favorite streaming devices. Anywhere, anytime, all season long. Follow the action live or on demand. Track four games at once with multi-view mode and catch up with in-game highlights. Plus, original programs, minor league broadcasts, and local pre- and post-game shows. Go to MLB.tv to start your free trial today. Blackout and other restrictions apply. Major League Baseball trademarks used with permission.